All right, so I'll say good morning. Let, uh, let us begin. Everyone, begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors, for the last day of Sivan. Naftali and Chavi Tilson, thanking Naftali's Chavar Benjamin Wolf, introducing him to the DAF. May Hashem bless us all to finish the DAF Yomi cycle together and celebrate with a Sium together in Eretz Yisrael Bekarov. To thank Baruch Mary and Rina Dubin. May Hashem continue to protect our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, and may all of our children remain safe and complete their year of learning with a deep connection to the land and to Hashem's Torah. To thank our Dafyomi sponsor, Mel Ram, Le'ilui Nishmas, his grandmother, Fega Reza Bas Moshe Ber. We hope that in the merit of our Tamator, the Neshama, will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And once with that, let us begin. Today's Daf is Daf Samech, 60. And we are picking up on the top of Samech. So remember again, just to reorient ourselves. Thank you. A little better? Excellent. Just to reorient ourselves a little bit, we started yesterday the sugya on New Testament based on 59b regarding the idea as follows. The Mishnah said, sorry, the Mishnah said that when they would pour the blood down the yisod, down the, down the cavity at the base of the Mizbeach, it would go down into Nachal Kidron, into the Kidron Valley. The farmers would go ahead and purchase it from the base Hamikdash and use it for fertilizer. Now, why did the farmers have to purchase it as opposed to just taking it? Because it was subject to Me'ilah. The Gemara introduced the idea that it's only subject to Me'ilah Midrabanan because Midraisa blood is not subject to Me'ilah. To which the sacrificial blood. To which the Gemara says, well, where, where do you know that from? So the Gemara quoted three psukim, Lachem, Lechaper, and Hu. Good. So I'll say, so ultimately the Gemara said, and furthermore, the last part of the, the last part of the last drasha was that essentially blood, blood, lifnei kapara is just like blood, li'achar kapara. Meaning what? Just like blood, li'achar kapara, ultimately, again, is not subject to mi'ilah, so, right? So too, so too blood, lifnei kapara is also not subject to mi'ilah. I, the Gemara, why don't you just say just the opposite? Why don't you just say, just like blood before atonement is subject to Me'ilah, so too blood after atonement is subject to Me'ilah, to which the Gemara says, there is no such thing as something which was used for its intended sacred purpose and is still subject to Me'ilah. To which the Gemara said, really? Is that true? So the Gemara points out, Shumas Hadashan. Right, Shuma Sadesh and the ash, the avoda has already been done. Obviously, the sacrificial parts have burned, yet the ash itself is still subject to Me'ila. To which the Gemara says, will say, top of Samich. First line, let's just start from here. Mishum Dahavit Shuma Sadesh, no big day, Kuna Shteik Suvena Bain Kehachad. The Chol Shteik Suvena Bain Kehachad, Ein Melandin. Because it will say, Shuma Sadesh and blood are what we call, I'm sorry, Shuma Sadesh and um, and big day kuna, excuse me. Shuma and big day kuna are snakes of an abayinkech. And I will say now, which big day kuna are we referring to over here? We mentioned this in yesterday's daf. The big day kuna, the Kohen war on Yom Kippur. So the Torah says that after the Kohen does the avodavini ham sham, Rashi quotes over here, he shall leave the clothing there, which indicates the Gemara explains that halacha lamaisa, the, the, the clothing, the big day lavan of the Kohen are subject to Me'ilah even after the Avodah of Yom Kippur. So I will say, so therefore you have two examples, two examples of sacred items, which even after they're used for their intended purpose, are still subject to Me'ilah. What are the two things? Shrumas Hadashen 
and Dam. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shuma Sadeshin and Big Day Kuhuna. And I will say the principle is whenever the Torah says something once, what does that become? A rule. And whenever it says it twice, what does it become? An exception. So that's what we call Shnik Suvin Habayin Ke'echad, whenever the Torah states the same thing twice in Melandin. Again, what's stated applies to the particular, to particular things in question, but it does not create a general overarching rule. To which the Gemara says, Hani Chalarabanan. So we'll say, now let's, let's zero in over here for a moment on Big Day Kuna. So this makes sense according to the Rabbanon who say, Da'amri, Vini Chamsham, Melamit Shetu'unin Gniza. Now we'll say, this makes sense according to the Rabbanon who say that the phrase, Vini Sham, by the Big Day Lavan of the Klingadl of Yom Kippur means Tu'unin Gniza. That even after the Klingadl does the Avoda, his clothing must be actively stored away, which indicates that they're still subject to Mi'ilah. El Rabido said the Amr Big Day Kuhuna Ru'i in Hemla Koin Hedyot, my Ikele Memar. But according to Rabidosu, holds that what the Allah said, this bro, remember again, interestingly enough, the Big Day Kuhuna of the Koin Godl of Yom Kippur are just almost exactly like the regular, the, the, the clothing of a Koin Hedyot during the rest of the year. Srabidosa holds that after Yom Kippur is over, a Kohen Hedyot could then use the clothing of the Kohen Gogol for regular service. So what do you see from there? You see, according to Rabbi Dosa, the clothing of the Kohen Gogol is not subject to Me'ilah after Yom Kippur. We'll say, if that's the case, then what? Then what? Then I'm left only with what? Shumas Adeshen. Shumas Adeshen, therefore, is one example, one situation, where even after the sacrificial service is done, the object is still subject to Me'ilah. Well, if there's only one, then one could what? Create a rule, in which case perhaps we should say that even after something has been used for its intended sacred purpose, it can still be subject to Me'ilah. To which the Gemara says, Ah, Mishum David Shuma Sadashin Ve'egla Arufa Shneik Suvena Ba'in Ke'achar. because in reality, according to Rabbi Dosa, essentially what's going to come down to is like this. Everyone is going to agree that there are two examples of items which were used for their intended sacred purpose, but yet are still subject to Me'ilah. In which case, as long as you have two, you could apply the principle of Shneik Suvena Boinke Echad Ein Malandin. What's the Machlokas? The Machlokas is which two? Which two? So, according to the first approach, the two are Shumas Adeshin and Big Day Kuhuna. And the fact that in those two cases, the Torah says even after the intended service is done, the item is still subject to Me'ilah. You're not allowed to use it for mundane purposes. Again, that's two examples. Anytime the Torah says something twice, in Malam, then you can't create a rule. That's just circumstances that apply to those two unique situations. Rabbi Dosa says the two examples are Shuma Sadeshen and Egla Arufa. We'll say namely, what do you mean Egla Arufa? We know, this, right? we know the episode of Egla Arufa. He found someone murdered in between two cities. The individuals, the elders of the closest city come out, they decapitate a calf in a dried up riverbed, they go ahead and they wash their hands over the decapitated calf, they see The idea is that even after the calf has been decapitated and the service is done, the calf is subject to Me'ilah. So according to Trabidosa, the two examples are Truma Sadashan and Egla Arufa, and Halacha Lamaisa once again will apply the concept of Shnei Suvera Ke'echad in Melandin. Whenever the Torah states something twice, 
is coming to teach you not to create a rule that applies to everything else, but rather just to apply to these two unique circumstances. So the Gemara says, first of all, we'll say, watch this. So now the good news is, where we're up to right now is that everyone is agreeing that we have two examples of objects which are subject to me'ila even after their intended use, which is beautiful. Why is that beautiful? Because snake silver and in malandin, in malandin, and therefore again, there's no rule, just two exceptions to the rule. That's fine, according to the approach that says, Hani Amar, in malandin. However, so we'll say, see, here's the issue. The issue is not everyone agrees with that principle, right? All this whole discussion works fine according to the opinion that says, but there is another opinion. And that other opinion says, that you can go ahead and learn out a rule from something that is stated twice. So we'll say, if that's the case, if that's the case, what do I do with all the inner, inner, First of all, that poses a problem in terms of dam, right? Because of dam, then it really could be that perhaps, if you're going to compare lefnei kapara to achar kapara, but the Gemara says, Michael Lemar, treme utek sivi. See, I will say, it's different over here because there are two miutim. There are two exclusionary phrases, visamo and ha'arufa. See, I will say, again, interestingly enough, even if you hold the Torah uses certain exclusionary words by Trumas HaDashen and by Egla Arufa to teach you that the Me'ila status that applies to these items even after their service is done is uniquely related to these two items. So it's uniquely related ultimately again to Trumas HaDashen and the para aduma, and therefore cannot be used to learn out anything else from it. So I'll say, interestingly enough, what kind of comes out from this conversation is that halacha lemaisa, as a rule, we are going to say, when does the prohibition of mi'ila stop? At what point? In a, as a general rule, when the avod is done, as soon as the intended sacrificial purpose has been served the prohibition of me'ila is no longer there. What we begin to see is that there are two exceptions to that rule, right? The two, two, possibly three, right? But the two that it appears everybody's going to agree with is, well, I, just, I shouldn't say it's machlokis, which two? Either it's Shumas Adashan Egla Arufa, or it's Shumas Adashan and Big Day Kahuna of Yom Kippur. So right, everybody's going on Shumas Adashan. It's the other one. And I will say, so again, and even if you hold, in other words, even if you subscribe to the idea, the Torah says that you can learn a rule, the Torah goes out of its way to, to make Chumas Adashan and Egla Arufa an exclusion by using exclusionary or limiting wording to indicate that the Me'ila status that applies post-Avoda is unique to these two situations and doesn't apply to anything else. Incredible. So we'll say, so we'll loops back for just a moment. So we'll say, so remember again, going back for just a moment, when we began this discussion regarding blood, so the Gemara quoted three psukim. Remember, everyone was agreeing that Mida Araisa, Dam is not subject to, Dam is not subject to Mi'ila. Right? Midrabanon, the rabbis made it subject to Mi'ila. So why do I need three psukim? to drive home this idea that blood is not subject to me'ila, to meaning the Gemara says, 
it's very interesting because what the three psukim do is in addition to saying that blood is not subject to me'ila, the Torah also tells me the following. Blood is not subject to the prohibition of nosar. What's nosar? Anytime you leave a carbon over past its permitted time, it becomes nosar. So for example, I've said, let's say you have a carbon and you left the carbon over, uh, whatever it is, uh, 48 hours. And now you're eating the blood of that carbon. So what's the halacha? Now you're chayiv. What are you chayiv for? Eating blood. You're not allowed to eat blood. Right? So you're chayiv for eating blood, but you wouldn't be chayiv twice for eating blood and nosar. So the extra phrase, one, one pasuk comes to tell me that not only is blood included from me'ilah, but blood is also excluded from the prohibition of nosar. So if you were to eat blood, which is nosar, you would only be chayiv once. Furthermore, one pasta comes to exclude the prohibition of me'ilah, as we've been speaking about. And a third pasta comes to exclude from the prohibition of tumah, which means what? See, I will say, if you were to go ahead and eat blood, eat sacrificial blood in a state of tumah. So thinking about this, how many times should you be chayiv? How many chayivim should there be? Two. Number one, for consumption of blood. Number two, for consuming something sacred in a state of ritual purity. Impurity, excuse me. Kamash Malandi, another Pascal Malandi to teach me, I'm chayiv for blood consumption, but I'm not chayiv for consuming something sacrificial in a state of tumah. Avami pigul, lot sarach meutikra. Now I said, interestingly enough, you're also not chayiv, right? Let's say you eat blood that is pigul. So remember again, what's the case, what's the case of pigul? So pigul is an interesting psul, because what pigul is, in Zehalacha, if the coin's doing the avoda, and he goes ahead and has an erroneous machshama. Let's say a particular carbon that can only be consumed for 24 hours. And the coin goes ahead and eats it 48 hours later, right? He has intention to eat it at 48 hours. So what's the halacha? So the halacha is that the carbon is invalidated. It's, interest, it's an interesting psul. So the Gemara says that blood is not subject to pigle. Blood is, so again, I have three psukim. And they come to exclude, number one, let's go in the order of our sugya. Number one, to exclude blood from the prohibition of me'ilah. Number two, to exclude blood from the prohibition of nosar. And number three, to exclude blood from the prohibition of tumah. Blood is also excluded from the prohibition of pigle. But interesting enough, the Gemara says, I don't need a passing to teach me that. Why not, says the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Disnan, kol lo matirin, bein la adam, bein la mizbeach, chayavan alav mishum pigle. So also listen to this. this. We actually learned this sugya that the only item that is subject to the prohibition of pigle is something that has what's called a matir, something that has built into it a part of its service, which by definition is the permitter, right? Is the item which, which allows the item to be, is the, is the action or the avoda which allows the item to become permitted. Permitted, it doesn't matter to who. Permitted can be permitted to Hashem, which means allows it to be offered up on the Mizbeach, Permitted for people, that was it permitted for consumption. So that in order to, in order to be subject to pigul, you must have a matir. You must have some type of service that permits you to Akadish Baruch Hu, to go on the Mizbeach or permits you for consumption by people. So why doesn't pigul apply to blood? Because the Gemara says, Dam Atzmo Matir. Well, so just to illustrate this, interestingly enough, in general circumstances, sacrificial circumstances, what is the permitter? What is the matir? What is the matir? It's the dam. 
Because think about this, Rebosei. It is the Zrikas Hadam that allows for the offering up of a carbon on the Mizbeach. It's the Zrikas Hadam that ultimately allows for consumption of carbonos which are consumed. So blood itself is the matir for most things, for almost all things. Therefore, interestingly enough, blood itself, which is the matir, but blood doesn't have a matir, so to speak. Right? Blood doesn't have a permitter. There's nothing that makes the blood permitted because blood itself is the matir. Therefore, just on a technical level, it is not subject to me'ila. Good. I will say that brings to a close this sugi. Just before we run to the next Mishnah, I sent out last night the Rambam. So you could see it, uh, you could see it on the chat. We're not going to do this whole Rambam, although I would urge you to take a look at it because... It really is quite fascinating. But just to close out the sugyas, because remember, this last Mishnah went ahead and spoke about the Avodah, spoke about the Avodah, sorry, Paragdalid Halacha Beis, spoke about the Avodah of the blood applications by the inner Mizbeach. So what I just wanted to point out to you was as follows. Remember again, we had a Machlokas as to which direction the Kohen Gadol was going to go in. So remember, if you just take a quick look at the Ramam I sent you, again, we're literally going to spend one minute on this. So if you take a look, I don't think I marked it off where we're starting off, but it's kind of right in the middle. If you look, Do you see it? It's like point in the middle of, of, the, of the Rambam. This is Perek Talat Halach Abeis. Remember again, the Koi Gadol, after he finishes the blood applications on the Kaporis, just so we finish out the, the Halach Alamais on the Sugyo. So the Koi Gadol stands in between the curtain, the Kaporis, ultimately again, and the Golden Mizbeach, and he's standing really between the Mizbeach and the Menorah. Vaholi umaz ala kronos bichos. So we'll say salach lamaisa number one. Remember again, we had a maklogas about hakafa biyad or hakafa beregel. Does the kaygadol stand in place and do the blood applications or does he walk around? Rambam paskins halach lamaisa hakafa beregel. He walks around. That's point number one. What was the other point? What was the other maklogas? We listened to the Rabbi Akiva. Which direction do you begin from? Umaschil mikaren mizrachis tsefonis. And where do you begin from? We'll say from the northeast corner. So again, just to illustrate, if you remember again, on the pictures that were sent out the other day, this was picture 141. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Haglili. You start from the northeast corner and make your way around counterclockwise. So the Gemara says as follows. Right, you then go again to northwest, to northwest, Lama Aravis Dromis, southwest, Lidromis Mizrachis, southeast. And for all the applications, you go again from below to above. Chutz Minha Achrona, with the exception of the last one, Shunosin Milamalon Lamaton, except for the last application, which you do from the top to the bottom. Kadeshlo Yislach Lichu Kalov. In order that his clothing does not become does not become soiled. So both say, Sakafa Baregel. He's walking around. Rabbi Yossi and Lili are going to start ultimately from Mizrachis Tsefonis, northeast corner, northeast corner, and walk around. And we'll say last piece. Then remember again, after you do the blood applications on the corners, what's next? What's next? Sprinkling on the top of the Mizbeach. What do you do? Push the coals, separate out the coals, make, a, make, an, make an open area on the top of the Mizbeach. 
And what do you do? You go ahead and you do the blood application on the actual top of the Mizbeach, where? On the southern side. Why on the southern side? Because you do the blood applications on the top of the Mizbeach, where you ended the applications on the corners. And since you finished the corners, ultimately again on the southern side, Therefore, halacha you do that blood application on the southern side as well. Good Then you take whatever blood is left over. You walk out. Another walks out of the base hamikdash, goes over to the western yisod, the western base of the mizbeach, and pours out the blood remnants there. So both like, we'll stop over here in the ramam because then we'll go on with the avodah. But that's the halacha lamaisa. Kafa beregel walks around. Begins with the Tzvonus Ma'aravis, the northeast corner, makes his way around, does blood applications from bottom to top, except the exception of the last one, does seven blood applications on, or seven sprinklings on the top of the Mizbeach on the southern side. Beautiful. Bose, let's go back there. Mishnah. So in general, whenever we speak about the Avod of Yom Kippur, so remember again, there's a particular order. There's an order. We'll say if you violate the order and you do one thing before the other, so the avod is invalid. Which again, when we say invalid, what does it mean? You have to do it again. You have to do it again. So the order is important. So for example, hiktim dam damapar. So for example, I will say we've already we spent a lot of time on this. That ultimately, again, you have to go ahead and shech the par before the sawyer and do the, uh, do the blood avoda of the par before the soyer. But if you went ahead and you switched the order, you did the dam hasar before dam hapar, yachzor v'yazem mi dam hasoyer la'achar dam hapar. So we've seen this already before. So you're supposed to sprinkle the blood of the par before the blood of the soyer. If you messed up the order and you did the soyer before the par, you have to go ahead and sprinkle again, starting with the par and then the soyer. What about the following situation? Let's say the Kohen Gadol is doing, doing the Avoda inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. For example, right? He's going ahead and doing the sprinkling. And we'll say what happens? He goes ahead and some of the blood spills. Or not some of the blood. He drops the bowl. He drops the bowl. And all of the blood spills out. So we'll say what's the He shechts another animal. And he has to start that blood service again. Meaning, what, what does this mean? Let's say, for example, the Kohen is in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And he drops the bowl of blood, the Dam HaPar. So now, let's say he was two sprinkles in. Two, two Hazo'os in. So now he drops the bowl, the blood spills. He has no more blood. What does he have to do? Go shecht another par, get the Dam, bring the Dam back in. You might have thought, well, he's already done two. He only has five more, or really, I mean, technically six more altogether. No, halacha the sprinklings are a unit. So therefore, again, once you go ahead and you disrupt the flow of the sprinklings, you have to start from the beginning. The acts of sprinkling are all considered to be one unit. They're all one unit. So because they are all one unit, therefore, Allah said, for some reason, it is interrupted. You have to start from the beginning. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, Omrim, Mimakom Shepasak, Misham Amas. I suppose that we're going to see, this is subject of debate. 
So you have Rabbi Lazar Bishimin saying that halacha no, they're, they're not one unit. In other words, if let's say again, you started the sprinkling, then the blood spilled. Let's say you were two sprinklings in. So the Tanakama says it's one unit. And if you have to start, if you, have, if you need new blood, you have to start all of the acts of sprinkling again. Rabbi Lazar Bishimin say, no, halacha So what's done is done. And just pick up where you left off with the new batch of blood. Good, we'll see what the nature of the Machlokah says in the Gemara. So we'll say, so turn our bottom. So we'll say, here we go. So th- really what we're going to focus on now is the first part, the first part of the Mishnah, which is that the Seder of the Avodah of Yom Kippur is Ma'akev, right? Is, 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 is an indispensable, is an indispensable part of the Kashos of the Avodah. So if you go ahead and you mess up the Seder, you mess up the order, Halacha lemaisa, you have to go ahead and do the avoda again. So Tan Rabbanon, call my simiki purama amr ala seder, im hiktim maisilechavir ala asaklum. So the Bryce says as follows Any, any as, as we saw in Mishnah, any part of the seder avoda of Yom Kippur, if you go ahead and put something before its fellow, right? You disrupt the order, your actions are meaningless. I'm Rabbi Huda, Imasai. When is this so? In other words, we'll say, remember, there's a lot of parts to the Avodah on Yom Kippur. So when, do, to, to what does this statement apply? This only applies to parts of the Avodah that are done in white clothing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So it's only the Avodah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim that the Seder is Ma'akev. And if you disrupt the biblically prescribed order, you must go ahead and do the avodah again. But items, parts of the avodah that you do in white clothing outside, I will say outside just means outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. If you went ahead and you disrupted the order, what is done is done. Now we'll say, what are some examples? Now we know what's done inside the, the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We know the sprinkling of the Damapar, the sprinkling of the Dama Sa'ir and, and Kitores. What's done outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim in Big Day Love? So take a look at Rashi. Actually, Hagrala, the drawing of the lots for the for the Sa'ir Lashem and the Sir Lazazel. Vidui, confession. Shvichos Shirayim, spilling out of the remaining blood. Vechomatnos Haparochas. Blood applications on the curtain, mizbeach hazav. Blood applications on the the incense mizbeach. Im hiktim lohem davar mo'ochar in elu ma'akvin alav leposlo avav b'shchita bechafina modu. These are fine. So both says, listen to this. So Rabbi Huda's Rabbi Huda's sheet is like this. The only thing that is ma'akev is avoda that you do in big day loven white clothing, white clothing inside of the kodesh hakadoshim. But anything done with white clothing outside. Ultimately, again, is not Ma'akev. And I will say, it seems to go without saying that what? Anything you do with Big Day Zav, because remember, again, the coin doesn't wear white clothing the whole day. We saw this earlier. Anything you do with Big Day Zav, certainly disruption of the order is not Ma'akev. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Nechemia, or Rabbi Nechemia says, when is the order Ma'akev? Right? When is the order an indispensable part of the Avodah? B'dvarim hanas and Big Day Lavan. Rebbe Nechemia says, any part of the Avodah 
that the coin does the big day lavan by definition is ma'akev. Whether or not, again, when we say when I say ma'akev, right, meaning the order is ma'akev. So anything you do the big day lavan, whether you do it again inside the kodesh kadashim, inside the kodesh, wherever you're doing big day lavan, ultimately that order is ma'akev is an indispensable in a sense of necessity for the kashos of the avoda. But anything you do the big day zav. Anything the coin does in, in gold clothing, and I will say, remember again, what's the examples of big days of? Look at Rashi. The big days of Kigon, Elo Ve'ela'am, right? The coin offering up his ram, the ram of the people. Shehikdim Lohen Otsaz Kafumachta, In Ma'akvin Alav Lifsal. So we'll say, this is the Machlokis Rabbi Huda and, and Rabbi Nechemi in the Mishnah. Now, interestingly enough, when you read the Mishnah, you assume that the Mishnah statement applies to everything. Right, that everything has to be done in its prescribed order, and if it's not, ultimately, again, it is ma'akev. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi to define the scope a little bit. Rabbi Huda telling us the only time that the order is ma'akev is ultimately, again, big day lavan in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Rabbi Nechemia, big day lavan inside, anywhere, right? Inside Kodesh HaKadoshim, outside Kodesh HaKadoshim, but anything done the big days of, the order is not ma'akev. Says the Gemara, Am Rabbi Yochanan, Ushnehem Mikra Echadarshu. Interestingly enough, both Rabbi Yudra and Nechemia darshan the same Pasek. What's the Pasek? Vaisa zos lachem l'chukas olam achas bashana. So the Torah says, this will be for you an everlasting statute, Achaz Bashana, one time a year. Look at Rashi before you turn the page. Achaz Bashana, Alma, Kiksiv Chuka, Leikuva, Achaz Bashana Ksiv. So I will say, what the Torah is saying over here is the Chuka, the Chukas Olam, right? This Chok of Yom Kippur is Ma'akiv. Achaz Bashana is, is, is an Ikov, is Ma'akiv. It must be done in a particular way. Amad Beis, so how do they each darshan it? Rabbi Huda Savar Makom Shem is Kabrimbo Achas Bashana. So Rabbi Huda says, What's Ma'akev? What's Ma'akev is the place that you enter into once a year. The Achas Bashana refers to the place you enter into once a year. What's the place you enter into once a year? Kodesh Kadashim. To teach me that it's only the Avoda that is done in the Kodesh Kadashim, which by definition can only be done with big day love and white clothing. Only the order of that Avoda is ma'akev. But if you mess up the order anywhere else, it's obviously it's not good. We're going to try to avoid it. But lamaisa, it's not ma'akev. says, no, it refers to the avoda through which you achieve kapara, which is done with white clothing once a year. So what's interestingly enough is Rabbi Yehuda holds achaz bashana essentially refers to the Kodesh HaGadoshim. Rabbi Nechemia holds that Achaz Bashan essentially refers to the big day Lavan. So that's the Machlokes. Right? Rabbi Huda will say it's only the Avodah that you do in the place where you enter into once a year. That order is Ma'akev. Therefore, he will say only Avodah done the big day Lavan in the Kodesh Kadashim, the order is Ma'akev. Rabbi Nechemia will say only the Avodah that you do for Kapara once a year, which is Avodah that is done the big day Lavan. That avoda is ma'akev. Whether that avoda is done in the Kodesh Hakadoshim or Azra the Kodesh Hakadoshim, if it's done the big day lavan, ultimately the order is ma'akev. Atu Rabbi Huda Makom Ksiv. So here's the problem: Does the pasuk say the place where the coin, the Makom where the coin is achos bashana? In other words, achos bashana is a calendrical reality; it's not a geographic reality. So how does Rabbi Huda darshan achos bashana ultimately again to refer to the Makom? Rabbi Huda learns out his svar from a different place. Elahinu times Rabbi Huda, ksiv zos, uksiv achos. 
it says zos. It says right. It says the word zos. Rashi says mashma chuka, mashma chuka al zos ksiva v'lo al acheres uksiv uksiv achas, and it says one. So the Gemara says chad lemiute big day lavan mibachutz vechad lemiute big day zahav. One also will say, interestingly enough, now the drush is going to change around a little bit. And Rabbi Yehuda is going to darshan two exclusionary words. And the two exclusionary words is one to exclude big day love and me bachot, that whatever avoda you do, wearing white clothing outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the order is not ma'akev. And one is to exclude any avoda you do with big day zav, the order of that avoda is not ma'akev as well. Fine, Rabbi Nechemia. Rabbi Nehemiah, on the other hand, will go ahead and use the two exclusionary words to teach me something else. One, to go ahead and exclude big day zahav, right, that any avodah done with gold clothing. By definition, the order is not ma'akiv. So we'll say, this is not going to interest new, new interesting discussion. Rabbi Nehemiah holds, that if you failed to pour, pour out the shirayim, it's not makim. Now let's take a step back, because this goes back to the Ramam we just saw. After you finish with all of the blood, the damapar and the damasoyer, what do you do? Remember, at this point in time, by the time you get to the golden mizbeach, the inner mizbeach, it's all mixed together. What do you do with leftover blood? What do you do with it? Spill it out. Where do you pour it out? Right? So, right? The, right. You're going to pour it out by the yisod of the mizbeach, by the yisod. So we'll say, so now, interestingly, Rabbi Nehemiah holds that the pouring out of the shirayim is not ma'akev. Interestingly enough, so for some reason, if you fail to pour out the remnants of the blood in the base of the mizbeach, it's not ma'akev. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda, ima'akvi ma'akvi, lo ma'akvi, lo ma'akvi. So we'll say, Rabbi Yehuda will say as follows. Take a look at Rashi, just a moment, the mi'uti shirayim, Rashi says, shlichas shirayim dolo ma'akvi, so the truth is, let me rephrase that a little bit. Because according to Rashi, what's happening now is as follows. Rabbi Nechemi will hold that the order of the Shirayim is not Ma'akeh. So for example, what we would have seen normally is that after the pouring out of the Shirayim, the Kohen Gadol would go out to do the avod of the Si'irim. Let's say he went ahead and he did something before he poured out the Shirayim. Rabbi Nechemia would say that the order of the Shirayim is not Ma'akev. Rabbi Yudis says, interestingly enough, Ima'akvi Ma'akvi, Ilo Ma'akvi, Ilo Ma'akvi. Now what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Rabbi Yudis, Ima'akvi, Shar Dvar Manasim B'dilavan Mibachotz, Kisidron Ma'akvi, Afshayim Kisidron. Shabbos said, Rabbi Huda doesn't understand Rabbi Nechemia's logic. Because remember, what's Rabbi Nechemia's logic? Rabbi Nechemia said before, what's Ma'akev? Any avoda you do, the big day lavan, right? White, white clothing, whether you do it inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So now remember, Rabbi Huda doesn't subscribe to that. According to Rabbi Huda, the thing that's ma'akev is what? Is what? Avoda you do, the big day lavan in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Nechemia, your shita makes no sense, right? Your shita makes no sense. Why not? Rabbi Nechemia, if you hold anything done, the big day lavan is ma'akev whether it's inside the Kodesh HaKadosh or outside, then when you pour the Shirayim, should be Ma'akiv. As we will say, what clothing does the Kohen Gadol wear when he pours out the Shirayim? Big day Lavan. Big day Lavan. So I don't understand. Rabbi Yudha says, I Ma'akiv Ma'akiv, Lo Ma'akiv, Lo Ma'akiv. Rabbi Nechemia, if you hold that Avodah done, but Big day Lavan is Ma'akiv, then the pouring of the Shirayim should be Ma'akiv. 
And if you hold that the pouring of the Shiraim is not Ma'akev, then the truth is anything else done with big deal of an outside of the Kodesh Kodashim shouldn't be Ma'akev either. To which the Gemara says, Kidisanyo, as we learned, Vichila Mechaperas HaKodesh. I will say, Vichila Mechaperas literally means when he finishes atoning for the Kodesh. Im Kiper, Kila. Ultimately, again, if he's done the blood applications, then he's finished. Vim Lo Kiper, but if he has not finished, if he has not done the blood applications, Lo Kila, he's not finished. Divrei Rabbi Akiva. These are the words of Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, We'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Well, so we're going to see for just a moment that Rabbi Huda holds that the pouring out of the remnants of the blood is part of the process of the blood application. It's part of the matnos damim. And therefore, ultimately, again, it should be, it should be ma'akev. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, mipnei ma lo ne'emar, im kila mechaper, ve'im lo kila lo mechaper. Why, does, why doesn't the Torah say, if you finish, there is kapara, and if you haven't finished, there's not kapara, to teach you, to teach us that what? That if anything was missing from any of the blood applications, it's as if you have done absolutely nothing. To which the Gemara says, and we said, what is the practical difference between these two opinions? Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shoban Levi, Chad Amar, Mashmaos Darshin, so we'll say one opinion said that halacha lamaisa the machlokus didn't just have a darshan psukim that's mashmaus ikabenayu and the other opinion said no whether or not shirayim ma'akvi rabosai is the pouring out of the leftover blood part of the blood service or not that is a fundamental machlokus take a look at Rashi shirayim ma'akvi ikabenayu Rashi says. Rabbi Akiva Saver, Shirai Loma Akvi. Rabbi Akiva also said that the pouring out of the remnants of blood is not Ma'akiv. He holds that's not part of the blood service. And therefore, Vachi Kamar, Im Kiper, Iker Hamatanos Kilo. And therefore, according to Rabbi Akiva, I was again back for just a moment when the Pasik said, The Chila Mechaperas HaKodesh, right? When you finish the blood applications, Kapara is complete. When do you finish the blood applications? As soon as the blood is applied to the Mizbeach. According to Rabbi Akiva, the pouring out of the remnants is not ma'akev. Back to Rashi. Rabbi Akiva says you do not need the pouring out of the remnants. Rabbi Huda Savar, ma'akvi. Rabbi Huda holds that the pouring out of the shirayim, right, the pouring out of blood over blood is part of the blood service. And the blood service is not complete until when? Until the remnants are poured out. So the Gemara says, It is only when the blood service is fully complete that Kapara is affected. So now listen to this. So, so let's just loop back for just a moment. Remember, Rabbi Nechemia wanted to go ahead and come along and say that, that the exception to his rule, his rule is what? His rule is what? That any avoda, remember, we'll say, what's our machlokis? What are we ta- what's our topic? Right, good morning, right? What's our topic, right? Our topic is we have a Mishnah. And what did the Mishnah say? What did the Mishnah say? Order is meaningful. Order is ma'akev. Great. Machlokis of Yudhu Rabbi Nechemia. What is that referring to, right? Order of what? Order of what? Rabbi Yudhu says it's only the order of what? Avoda done in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Now he phrases it as Avoda done bebig de lava in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Truth is a little bit repetitive. Why is it repetitive? 
Because you only do avod the big day lavan and the kodesh hakadoshim. Okay, so kodesh Rabbi Yehuda, big day lavan, kodesh hakadoshim. Kodesh Rabbi Nechemia, kodesh Rabbi Nechemia, big day lavan, inside and outside. Anywhere you do avod the big day lavan, that the order is ma'akiv. That's our machlokes. We then pointed out that halacha lemaisa. There are a couple of exclusionary words that are brought down by the avod. Rabbi Nechemia uses those exclusions to teach me that what. That even though the pouring out of Shirayim is done the big day Laban, the order of that is not Ma'akiv. So if you were to go ahead and push the pouring out of the Shirayim later on, it wouldn't be a big deal. Rabbi Nechem, let me say that. Not that it's not a big deal, it's a big deal. It's not Ma'akiv. Rabbi Huda says, what are you talking about? The pouring out of the Shirayim is part of the blood service. It's part, of, it's part of the matnas, no, it's part of the blood avodah. So I don't understand. Rabbi Nechemia, be true to your word. If you hold that Allah Maisa, avodah done the big day lavan is ma'akev, the poor so say, you know what it comes down to is, we often think like, what's the pouring out of shirayim? What is that? What is that? It's just properly disposing of leftovers. But lamaisa is not avodah. Rabbi Huda says, it's avodah. It's avodah. So Rabbi Nechemia, if you hold that any avodah done by big day lavan is ma'akev, the order is ma'akev, then shirayim should be ma'akev. What the Gemara just did was just to prove that Rabbi Huda holds that the pouring out of the shirayim is avodah. That's what just happened over here. So watch this. Now the Gemara goes like, Did Rabbi Yochanan really say this? Now both did Rabbi Yochanan say what? If you look at Rashi, does Rabbi Yochanan really say that according to Rabbi Nechemia, the pouring out of Shrein, the order is not Ma'akiv? Did he really say that? After all, the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Yochanan, Tan Rabbi Nechemia, Kedivriya, Om Shrein Ma'akiv. Yet, we learned that what? Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Nechemia holds according to the opinion who says the pouring of Shirayim is Ma'akiv. Okay, so here, so here we have a problem now because we seem to have a contradiction in the Shita of Rabbi Nechemia. Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rabbi Nechemia as saying before that the pouring out of Shirayim is not Ma'akev, meaning the order is not Ma'akev. Here we have on record that Rabbi Nechemia is saying that what? That the order of the pouring out of Shirayim is Ma'akev. So what's going on? The Gemara says, Kasha. And I can I will say that is a question, it's a contradiction. And I will say we will stop over here. So just so you understand, we're still leaving off with the same achlokes, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nechemia, Mishnah that teaches me that order is meaningful, order is ma'akiv, machlokes Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nechemia, when we must be makbid with the order, and when we don't have to, in Merit Hashem to be continued, and halach ala tomorrow. Shkayach Mosai. Yeah, I mean, you see, it would seem to include everything. That, that's the Seder. I mean, that's the Seder, correct, right. correct, yeah.